Are you ready to take your mindset to an even higher level on and off the mat? Then you're ready for the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, where business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs open their minds to new ideas and concepts that will help you during your entrepreneurial journey and during your consistent pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself personally and professionally. It's time to go beyond the mat with the host of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, Gustavo Dantas. Welcome to episode 40. I'm your host, Gustavo Dantas, and today we have Danny Alvarez. He is a third-degree black belt under Bruno Bastos, and currently in 2019, he's the number one master three black belt pound-for-pound pound in the IBJJF rankings, and he's the owner of Alvarez BJJ in Arlington, Texas. Danny left the corporate world in 2008 to pursue his dream and never look back, and today he's going to share with you his story. He talked about the never quit mentality, the importance of investing in yourself, time and or money. And my main takeaway from the conversation, the title of the episode, surround yourself with like-minded people. After the interview, stick around for my final thoughts where I expand on the topic. I research, create the content and deliver to you. Stay tuned right after Live Jiu-Jitsu's message. Oh, the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast is a proud supporter of the nonprofit organization Live Jiu-Jitsu. Live Jiu-Jitsu supports social projects in Brazil and in the United States who offer free Jiu-Jitsu classes to unprivileged children and young adults in impoverished communities, inspiring, impacting, and improving their lives, keeping them away from drugs and crime, creating hope, and creating champions on and off the mats. Your donation helps projects to buy new mats, uniforms, tournament registrations, and the monthly expenses of these projects. As a supporter, the BJJ Mental Coach donates all the profit of all online courses and merchandise to Live Jiu-Jitsu. For more information, please visit www.livejujitsu.org. Let me introduce you to today's guest, Daniel Alvarez. Daniel is a third-degree black belt from Bruno Bastos. He is a three-time IBJJF Master World Champion, four-time Nogi Master World Champion, and currently in 2019, he's the number one Master Three black belt pound-for-pound pound in the IBJJF rankings. Unhappy with the corporate world and knowing he had a deeper purpose for his life, in March of 2008, he started Alvarez Jiu-Jitsu, teaching four to five students out of his garage while still holding a full-time job at General Motors. Gradually. Daniel began growing his academy from his garage to first leasing space from a gymnastic facility in 2007. Then came the decision to leave General Motors after 11 years, leaving behind the stability of a paycheck as well as a pension and insurance. And now in 2019, Alvarez BJJ's facility in Arlington, Texas has over 15,000 square feet. Danny, welcome to the podcast. Hey, how you doing today? Doing great, man. I've been following your journey for a long time, traveling all over the world, competing a lot, and still running the school. So you're you a busy man, and I appreciate that. You always grind. It's always good. Yes, sir. Yeah, I appreciate it, too. So how did a BJJ show up in your life? Um, I think a lot like, uh, most people that are probably, you know, probably close to my, my age, the Holy Gracie, um, yes, sir. era, you know, I was, um, 18 years old. I think I just graduated high school. Um, so in November when the first UFC first came out, you know, you catch, uh, catch wind and 
um, watch this, you know, skinny Brazilian guy, you know, take guys to the ground and arm bar them and choke them out and do all that stuff. And, um, you know, you just used to growing up watching Kung Fu movies, Bruce Lee, Chuck Norris, you know, those kind of things, boxing. And so that was just, uh, you know, something completely different. And then obviously being a, a guy on the smaller end of the scale, um, I was like, man, I could probably use some of that stuff, you know? So that was probably like the, the first introduction at 18 years old back then. And, um, where I'm from, uh, originally from and born and raised in Saginaw, Michigan, there was no, um, jiu-jitsu academy obviously when it first came out it took a while for jiu-jitsu to kind of spread and, and academies to grow but eventually um there was an individual that had a taekwondo school and he started teaching like some basic jiu-jitsu a couple of days out of the week and uh i and saw that, so I found that? that that was uh man my memory's kind of kind of lost on that one it's in the mid probably the mid to late 90s you know 96 97 98 something like that and um so that's where i was first introduced to it like actually put on a gi and tied a belt and actually you know started learning basic jiu-jitsu moves back then um but it really wasn't it was it wasn't built for that it was just something that was like on a additional to what they 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 really did at that academy so then i was on second shift i got moved to second shift when i was working at general motors so I really couldn't go to classes. And so, you know, most people work during the day and so they have classes at night. So it, it was just one of those things where, um, you know, once you started learning it, you start grappling with some guys in the backyard, living room, just hmm. wherever you, wherever you can, you know, it was a lot of rug burns and, <laughs> and uh, grass stains in my clothes back then. You know what I mean? Cause you just, you just, you just, you know, got a role so you just find a place to do it and it just didn't matter where i was just on the ground i guess you know so but back then yeah it was uh that's how i first got introduced and to it and when did you go to texas i moved to texas in um uh in 2001 and a big reason why i did move uh is because jiu-jitsu was here in the in the dallas area um i came here on vacation one year for a week and uh I saw that Carlos Machado had a, an academy here. It was probably like 30 minutes away. And he had a, a school in Arlington right by where the uh, General Motors plant was at. And um, I was like, man, that's pretty cool, you know. And uh, so I moved in August of 2001. And then um, then just kind of the rest is history after that. I started really in 2002 at that location that I'm talking about in Arlington. Um, uh, cause, um, Carlos had one of his, uh, brown belts teaching out of that location. It said Carlos Machado on the top, but you know, he had someone else teaching out of that location. Got it. Yeah. It's incredible how just one event that was the UFC one changed everything, you know, everything I mean? mm -hmm. it, it, it changed. So it's pretty incredible. And the funny thing is too, that when it happened, I was already, I was a blue belt back then when the first UFC happened and, and it's funny because it was this whole rumor during the week hey it's gonna have this thing called the UFC you know mm. uh, uh hoist jiu-jitsu is gonna compete you know so there's this whole thing it was so after it wasn't you don't know the results like do you know who won you know and eventually there's the rumors that hoist won you know had three matches mm. you know so it's a uh, it's pretty interesting how the internet is right now you watch live and it's awesome but yeah. um so how do you feel you just relate to life? Um, I, I feel like, uh, 
you know, life is obviously um, good. You know, there's a lot of good things in life, but there's a lot of hard things um, in life. You know, I, I feel like uh, life is, is really tough um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, and I feel like jujitsu is, is tough. And I feel like out of all the things, jujitsu gives you a lot of things, but it definitely for sure, in my, my perspective, gives you mental, mental toughness. Um, you know, you learn, you start learning jujitsu, man, you take some beatings in the beginning until you learn, you know, until you understand what you're doing, you know, you're getting tapped, you're getting dominated. Someone else is imposing their will on you. You know, you want to quit and give up and, and, um, you know, through the process of jujitsu, you know, you become more hardened through that process and you can put that in other, other things in life and, uh, use that as a way to, well, man, you know, if I can handle this then I can definitely handle this, you know? And, um, I definitely think um, that's to me how I how I connect the, the, the two together, you know, because jujitsu is tough, man. It's a lot of fun, you know, for sure. But it's, it's definitely tough depending on who your training partners are. Um, once you shake hands, man, you know, it's, you know, you know, it's going to be a, a tough round. And same thing with certain situations in life, you know, when things come up, you know, it's going to it's going to be tough. And um, I think without jujitsu, I probably wouldn't. Um, you know, be, be who I am like today to, you know, throughout all these years of dealing with, uh, the ups and downs of, of jujitsu for sure. I believe now when you talk about the transition, when you left general motors, so what sparked you to like, okay, this is the time to do it. And how did you deal mentally? You know, cause that was a long time ago, you know, mm -hmm. different, completely different mindset that you have right now. Yeah. So first, you know, like when, uh, how was a little bit of that, that spark, you know, when really happened, how long did it take for you to act on the spark? Um, well, I just, I just remember, um, like I said, you know, just off and on training. Um, it just really, it really kind of got to me, um, you know, and I was doing good. Let me just kind of lay this out. So I'm working General Motors. We're making about 60 grand a year. We're making $30 an hour. It's a lot of overtime. General Motors was really healthy back then. Um, you know, I had a new house on the like middle upper class side of town, new car. Um, I mean, life was good, man. I really wasn't hurting. I really wasn't in a, in a bad place. I just wasn't, I just wasn't happy. You know, I go to work and, you know, we're building, um, you know, steering columns back then. It was more of a parts plant, you know, and uh, every day it's the same routine. You're just a robot, just a robot, you know. And, and you know, I was like, man, I just want to train jiu-jitsu, man. I'd rather just, I don't want to be here. I'd rather be, you know, trying to get better at this this other um, this other thing. And so um, when, I, when I took that vacation down here and I saw how close jiu-jitsu was to the, to the Arlington plant, um, I put in a transfer and if you're working for General Motors, the transfers take forever to get, right? You just don't think they're going to happen like that. Well, for me, three weeks later, I got a, a letter saying, Hey, like, basically you're done here. You need to report to Arlington in three weeks <laughs> and get your things in order. And I'm like, man, I mean, it just totally just, it just flipped my world upside down because I'm thinking, Oh, I'm just going to go put it, put the, 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 you know, the slip in and, maybe they'll call me next year. Who knows? You know, never in my wildest dreams. It'd be like three weeks later, I'm going to be moving to Texas and all this other stuff, you know? So, um, 
jujitsu again had a big reason why I, I moved to, to Texas. You know, I just, it, it kind of pushed me because I was like, man, you know, I kept thinking when I came back from that vacation, I was like, man, jujitsu is right next to that plant, man. What if I worked there, man? I could be, because it was a nice, nicer place than where I grew up. So, and then you kind of fast forward, um, and I'm at General Motors and, and again, now we're building, you know, uh, Cadillac Escalades, the Escalade uh, XL, the Yukon Suburbans, there's all the big uh, SUVs. And, um, you know, you're just uh, being told what to do every day. Uh, you can't get bathroom breaks when you want. Um, you can't get days off that you want. You don't have the seniority, you know, I'm too young. I can't get the weekends off and just, you know, and, um, you know, General Motors, at least down here in Texas, uh, there's a lot of racism, man. A lot of, um, you know, they didn't treat their people good. Uh, they didn't treat me good. That's for sure. And I just hated it, man. I was like, man, it's just, it's just, you know, I went out and I just really was training. I was training jujitsu and I just, man, this is what I want to do, you know? And so I started kind of thinking about like, well, man, you know, I, you know, I want to give it a shot. I want to try and, you know, I didn't even know what I was, you know what I mean? I just didn't have no idea. I just know I wanted to to do it. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I just, there's just something inside. Um, you know, I just wasn't happy, man, at all with what I was doing and, and, and doing jujitsu. That's just what it made me feel. Like it gave me that, it gave me that feeling um, like nothing else. I mean, I wrestled in high school. I boxed for a couple of years after that, you know, I messed around with some judo. I played all kind of other team sports and man, nothing, you know, just gave me that fulfillment like Jujutsu did, you know? So I just was like, man, I got to figure this thing out. You know, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but you know, I just, I hate where I'm at and uh, you know, I need to, I need to, I need to try to make some moves, you know? And um, the, that's just kind of how it all kind of just kind of sparked and came together. I think just what, how, how I felt doing Jujutsu and then the fact that the amount of, dislike and hate that I had for my job, man, just really pushed me to, uh, to get out. And I just really felt like I had more to give besides just, you know, building parts for a car. You know what I mean? I'm like, man, something inside of me is saying, man, I can, I can go do something else that's more meaningful than just building something that most people can't afford anyways. <laughs> you know what I mean? $70,000 vehicles. Your average person isn't driving around in 70 to 80 thousand dollar vehicles you know so this is really no sense of purpose i guess you I, know i got you man yeah and one of the things that we have mentioned here before i don't know if you have read thinking grow rich yes sir and he talks about the, the number one pillar is that burning desire mm -hmm. that you must have inside and i mean i may sound like a broken record for people who already listen to this to the podcast, but it really the foundation, everything. If the desire is not that there's no way you're going to leave that job. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The, the desire, the burning desire had to be so strong. And I always mention too, because when the tough, we're going to talk about the tough times, you know, during business come and they will come regardless. Mm -hmm. People who are listening, getting into entrepreneurship, like the idea or not, the tough times will get there at some point. And that burning desire, I feel that is the foundation that, you know, why you believe what you're doing, you know, like you understand what it's, what is behind you felt that you have a bigger calling. And I don't even need to ask how you dealt with the 
fears and anxieties because that was it. That's your burning mm-hmm. desire. That's, you know, of course, you got to deal with them, but the burning desire was stronger. So yeah, now definitely, definitely from looking at the, the toughest moment that your toughest entrepreneurial experience, can you share with us and uh, what did you learn from it? Um, man, the, I don't know, I guess, um, the toughest part, man, I'm trying to think exactly. The beginning is always rough. You know, the beginning is always a challenge. That's a struggle. You starting from zero, like you said, mm-hmm. you start teaching four to five people. That's a struggle as it is, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. and I always mention here to uh, Jim, Jim Rome's quote that, that say work full time when you live in part time in your dream. And one day, depending on you, you know, that that part time dream can become the full time. And basically, that's what you did. You know, mm-hmm. and I feel that sometimes a lot of people, maybe the burning desire is not strong enough that they can handle the part time for too long. They want that full time dream yeah. fast, you know, yeah. and. It would be nice, but not. I, the same way I started for my first month teaching in Brazil back in 1990, August, 19, um, August 1995. I taught my very first class. So having my own program, I called my cousin, said, yo, we've got to start training, man. I'm teaching at this fitness place twice a week. And he joined and I taught private to my cousin for, for a month, Tuesdays and Thursdays, until someone started picking in and looking. Mm. You know, for a lot of people, after a year, they'll be like, dude. You're crazy. Why are you doing that? You mm-hmm. got to start somewhere. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how um, I started. I, I mean, I was already training down here, um, and it was uh, one individual that I was training with. His name is Alfredo, and uh, he worked at uh, at Chase Bank. And um, he's like, "Hey, man, why don't you open a school, man? Like, why don't you?" And I was in that process at that time. I was brown belt whatever and i'm thinking about it you know and i'm like you know ah oh, man you know like you know it just it just didn't feel like i had any idea where to even go with that and he's like man i should start teaching out of your garage you know and i'm like man that's crazy like you know what i mean i know people have done it before or whatever but and i just kind of blew him off or whatever and he kind of approached me again and again then i don't know just one day again he just kind of asked me again he's like look man i got a couple guys man we'll come over I was like, all right, cool, man. So I cleared out the garage, man, bought some cheap foam mats and, you know, to start teaching, you know, a couple of days out of the week out of there. And, and um, it, you know, but it's uncomfortable, right? You're in a garage and people are coming in and, you know, you're just, you know, and then you're just like thinking, okay, what's the next step? Because this, this can't be it. You know, I can't just keep doing this. I got to do it a, a different way. Um, so I get, you know, obviously the, the beginning, um, is uh is tough if you don't have like a, a roadmap of any sort you just know you want to do something you just jump in and do it um that was probably the the hardest part because you're just kind of learning as you go along you know where obviously now I, I mean you know if i do another school man i could i wouldn't even have those problems because i know what i'm doing now you know what i mean but in the beginning um you're just man you're just trying to get anything anything to work um you know uh it's um probably probably just a just the beginning there you know and like i said i i, I started to uh look around for like uh you know kind of like i guess like what you did found a spot gymnastics facility i walked in one day looking for some mats and the guy approached me i was like hey well 
you know, he's, what do you, what do you want the mats for? And I kind of explained to him, he's like, well, man, why don't you just leave some space out of here, man? And, um, you know, you can start teaching out of here. And I was like, really, there's a lot of kids in that, in that place. This place was huge. And I was like, so then, you know, kind of talked and worked it out and then started doing that. And then they kind of started to, to build, you know. So what I'd like you to do now is because we have a lot of people, people who are listening to the podcast, entrepreneurs, and a lot of people in transition, right? People who are in maybe in a corporate world and they're just not happy with the ad, they're not pulling the trigger for some reason. And then some people who are just starting right now, maybe they might be going through what you did. You're not happy, you know, and that was a long time ago. So mixing both together, because I want to know what, uh, what advice you'd give to Danny back in 2007 when he started to uh, get around with this, starting to teach jujitsu, and that you feel that it would be a suggestion that could help even people who are in transition right now. Uh, I would definitely get around, find a source uh, of someone that's doing exactly what you want to do. It, it would be so much easier. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, um, like for me, I guess. Um, like my instructor, when I left, you know, he had a school, I could have, I could have asked him a bunch of things, but I didn't want to feel like, um, how do I put it? I didn't want to feel like I was, uh, using him to set myself up. And then like, uh, cause I knew I wanted to open up in, in Arlington and he was in Arlington. So, um, I wanted to open up on the other side of town because obviously you don't want to compete with your instructor someone that gave you all your belts from white to black belt i just think that's just the sorriest thing you can do um as an individual to someone that's helped you throughout those years so i wanted to help him uh, i wanted to ask him questions about business like this that but then i'm like man i'm open i don't know i guess i was caught in between like like i didn't want to seemed like I was doing something shady. So I was like, man, I'm just going to do it on my own. And that was probably the longer route because I'm trying to show that I can do it on my own. But man, you know, well, especially, especially nowadays in everything, there's so much more help out there than there was 10, 11 years ago, especially with the internet groups, masterminds, yes. people that are doing what you're doing, connect with those kind of people. How long did it take you to kind of change your mindset with that? Um, it took me a long time. I'll tell yeah, you that. I think, I think, um, let me see. Whenever, um, Lloyd started to do, Lloyd Irvin started to do those, uh, kind of like martial art business, yes. uh, mm -hmm. conferences, meetings, you know, you're skeptical. Of course, you don't know anything about it. And there's a whole nother world out there, man. There's a whole nother world of people doing what you're doing in any business industry. And, um, you know, once I took that first chance, I was like, I just didn't realize that all this help is out here and all these people are doing and going through what I'm going through. And I could have just did this a long time ago. Um, and I just didn't. I just definitely took the longer, harder route. I started from scratch and built it up from absolutely like really just no help, you know, business wise. You know, reading books and stuff kind of helped here and there, but it's not the same as I was talking to someone. Yeah. and investing your money paying someone to say hey i'm gonna give you this and in return you're gonna give me this you know every time i give you a dollar you're gonna give me two dollars or you know however you're gonna 
the ROI on that is just is just huge. And a lot of time it's um I guess it could be, you know, ego just like anything else, like jujitsu, you don't want to ask for help or too proud or whatever. But if you if you go get the resources that are out there and invest in them, they're gonna they're they're gonna give you whatever you need plus some in, in return. So uh now I'm completely open to to you know, man, I'll drop money in a second. I mean, I'll put, I I'll put money you. wherever I wherever I need to put money. I'll invest it um, and ask for help because if they're already doing it, then why try to figure it out on my own when I can just pay for someone else's else's advice to get me where I'm trying to get to. You know, so that yeah. would that would that would probably be it. And I would say definitely these these days, those resources are way more available and accessible than they were 10 years ago. Yeah, and dude, major props to you and for all the listeners who maybe haven't done this yet to kind of expand your, a little bit more of your knowledge and search for things. Number one, for swallowing the humble pill. You know what I mean? That I don't know shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I have to learn. Who's yeah. going to, you know, so number one is just the humility to accept that you don't know anything about business and I need to figure this out. And second is just swallowing the pill and actually investing. I always like to use the word investing your time in yeah. knowledge. Yeah. Let's put, because sometimes, especially nowadays, then you know there's so much free content online. It's insane. So if you're broke, I understand you transition, you got nothing. Dude, invest your time. Yeah. There's so, so yeah. much content online that you can learn from. Yeah. And, and, do what you have to do to get the money to invest to the next level. It's, it's just worth it, man. I mean, you know, um, you, you just, you just, you just have to, you know, there's really no other way of buying. It's just kind of like, do you want to get better? You want to, do you want to grow or don't you, you know, so you can make excuses all you want, but at the end of the day, you know, where are you spending your money? How are you spending it on the weekends and whatever else? And you can cut all that out and then take that and invest it into what you really want to do. Because then if you don't, then you're really not that serious, you know? Yeah, it comes games. down. Yeah, it comes down to it's not what right or wrong. It's just expectations that each one have. Like whatever you do, I'm not saying that it's jujitsu. Whatever skill that you want to improve or whatever, do you want to be decent, good, great, or among the best in what they do? That's your choice. There's no mm -hmm. right or wrong. You decide. But if you say you want to become the best of w what they do, and then you better develop some math skills to figure out numbers. That's pretty simple. Who put more hours, they get results. You know, yeah. consistency. It's, yeah. it's that simple. Yeah, it really is that simple. And, and like you said, invest your time because there's so much free content out there that, you know, I get up every day, man, and just and, and just man, I'm watching videos or I'm, I'm studying this or that, or I'm, it's, you have to, I mean, it's not the funnest thing, right? Like everyone thinks that they're going to just open a school and it's just going to be jujitsu all day, every day. And that's not yeah. it. Like you can't do jujitsu if you don't have a school and you can't pay your bills. You know, if you can't keep the lights on in your facility, you know, and you can't get money to advertise and bring students in, then there is no jujitsu. Yeah. And, and what you're talking Yeah. And what you're talking about is continuing education, whatever you do, you need, you have to keep the continued education, continue putting some time. If you don't have a lot, put a little bit, yeah. but it, everything adds up. 
every little knowledge that you get here, I, again, it may sound like a broken record for some people. I like to re, uh, just repeat some of the concepts that we talk here, which is, man, if you read 10 pages per day, just 10 pages, 3,650 pages, that's 15 to 20 books, depending on the books per year. You know how much you can get better with 20 books inside of you, like and actually you read like 15 books, that is a game changer, you know? However, like Danny said too, there's so far that the books can take you. You know, I, I, you know, the interesting thing then is that I felt that you must, you must have felt too that I'm like, okay, I'm reading, cool, I'm learning, yeah, I'm doing this, yeah, yeah. And it got to a point that I hit a wall. You know, yeah. I'm like, man, oh, this price here is higher. Oh, okay. Do I have to spend 15 grand? Not to spend, but invest 15 grand on mastermind? Uh, yeah, dude, it's too much money. Well, what am I gonna, what am I gonna get from here? You know, and decisions like you did and I did took my business to another level period mm -hmm. yeah i mean because like i said there's a whole nother world out there that if you're not in these masterminds or in these other this other world like that you, you just don't know man you're, you're missing out you know you got to really put your time in and, and um keep putting yourself around people that are doing better than you um you know it's just one of those things man you hang out with you know broke people man you're gonna be broke too man you know what i mean so you, it's it's always got to I just always trying to get better. And that's the thing, just like jujitsu, you know, you got to do seminars, you got to do private lessons, you know, you're studying videos and man, you got to do the same thing for the business. And it's trying to find time. Like for me, it's like, oh, okay, I got to study videos for the business or watch this. Then I got to watch, you know, of course I got to study, keep learning with my jujitsu, but um, you got to balance that out, man, and put a lot of time into the business. Cause again, like for me, if I didn't do what I did, then there is no five location. I think this is our fifth location and we kept growing in each, each location. And, I mean, I'm not getting the 15,000 square feet. I mean, our mat space is 4,700 square feet. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not getting there if I'm not investing money and time into my business. You know, if it was just jujitsu, I'd still be back at the gymnastics facility. You know what I mean? Renting, rent, leasing, leasing space, you know. So I feel like um, it's just an absolute must that you have to split your time up and invest your time into the business if that's what you're really trying to do. Because it's a business, you know. Unless, unless you just want like, like a club, like a chess club or a dart club or just something minimal where it's just some guys is rolling around and just kind of hanging out on the weekends. I know people like that, you know, and that's fine if that's what makes you happy. But I had a bigger, I had something bigger in mind. For me, I just wanted world-class. I just want, I'm going to take this to a whole nother level where there's nothing in all, like where I'm at like this. And I'm just, just my mind's, my, it was just big. Like everything's just going to go, like I quit my job, man. I left everything behind. So I was like, if I'm going all in on it, man, then I'm going all in and that's it. You know, it's the whole, you know, burn the ships kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm either taking this and I'm going to go win with it or, you know, I'm going to die with it if I don't do the right things. You know what I mean? So at least for me, it was a, it was a lot on a lot bigger scale um, for everything, you know? So it's, it's, it's invested a lot of time throughout the years to get to this point. So great suggestion, advice, how, you know, how you, you want to see it or for all the listeners mentioning about if you start in this, be surrounded by people that are doing what you're doing. And, and 
interesting thing that Jim Rome always say, we're the average of the five people that you hang out the most with. So with that in mind, you have to always be reevaluating your associations, your personal associations and your virtual associations to what, what kind of content have you been consuming online? There's a lot of garbage out there. So just yeah, pay yeah. attention to what yeah. are you, you're putting in your mind. So reevaluate. I've talked about this in previous actually podcasts uh, for you to reevaluate what this association is doing to you for you. What kind of person have you become because of the influent, influence of these people? Where are you going? What are you eating? What are you saying? You know, so all that, it's going to have impact on you. So you have to be aware of this. So great suggestion. Now, what would you say it's a one high performance habit, something that you do daily that helps you in jujitsu and your life in all areas? Um, for me, I think um, just right off the top of my head, man, it's just, it's just discipline, man. You got to have a routine. I mean, you got to have a routine what time you get up in the morning you know, what you eat in the morning, what you do in the morning, like just every single day, you can't get up today, this day, tomorrow is this day, tomorrow, well, I don't know if I feel like it, whether you feel like it or you don't feel like it, like your feelings don't really matter, you know, it's what needs to get done. And I think for me, throughout all these years, it's, um, it's discipline, like it's just, because a lot of people I know, they don't have a routine. You know, they, they don't have a routine. They go more off of their feelings, which are emotions. You know, one day they're feeling hot. One day they're feeling, you wait, every not every day you wake up feeling like a beast, man. Like you need, oh, I need to go in. You know, there's days you wake up and you're just not really feeling it. You know what I mean? So it doesn't matter what day it is, how cold it is or how hot it is or what. It's just whatever needs to get done, you just need to get it done. And there's just no other way of putting it, man. And if you're not disciplined enough to do those kind of things, man. It's going to be really hard to just kind of, kind of succeed. You know, I, I, you know, like I said, I just, there's a lot of people around me. I know that, you know, probably talk about me behind my back, but that's fine with me because my, the work ethic that I have, the discipline has pretty much just laid the foundation for everything. My jujitsu, the tournaments that you mentioned that I've won or what I've, what I've accomplished, what I've accomplished in business. It's just, um, Hey man, I got to get it done. And there's just no, you know, no one else is going to do it for me. You know what I mean? I, I got, I got to get it. I got to get it done and make it happen. And, um, a lot of people like, I guess, like, uh, discipline, you know, motivation is great. You know, I love motivation, but you know, motivation is like a feeling, you know, and then discipline is always there. You just, you know, it's like, it's like people that skip jujitsu class. You know what I mean? Like if you don't get the, if you just, don't feel like going today, man. Okay. You, you, you're messing up, you know, and the same thing with business. If you just don't do the right things for your business when you're supposed to every single day, it's just not going to grow. It's just not going to get, it's not going to get better. Yeah, absolutely. On episode three with Tim Crater, we have this one called the morning rituals of successful entrepreneurs. So we talk about this, about So he mentioned about his routine and so forth. And I, at the end, I mentioned a little bit of mine and just, we spent some time with the importance of that, you know, not just winging it, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have your plan for the day. And here's the thing that we talked to, because some people are so out of alignment with the idea of a routine, say no problem. Starting tomorrow, 10 minutes of your day, when you wake up, you do 10 minutes of whatever the hell you're, mm-hmm. you want to do for a routine. 
maybe in a couple of weeks we go 15 if that's a problem. You know, if you want to start it with 20 minutes, great, but start with something. I don't get five minutes. Five minutes, the whole week is better than zero. And then maybe do 10 minutes, little by little, open your mind, listen to other ideas. So, um, yeah, uh, routine is definitely a must, I believe, for entrepreneurs. So what would you say is the best advice you've ever received in your life, jiu-jitsu? What comes to your mind? Um, I don't know. I guess it's probably just the same old cliche thing, like, uh, you know, just don't quit. Um, you know, it, 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 there's, you know, it's like, it's like I said, it's life, man. It's good days and bad days, man. It's going to be cloudy one day, rainy, and then the sun's going to come out, and it's going to be cloudy again those peaks and valleys and it's just like man there's just days where you just feel like man i don't think this i don't know how this is gonna work out but you get just you can't quit you know it's like again like jujitsu you know you just kind of just go back to that man you got people that quit around purple belt you know what i mean four or five years in and you see them a couple of years later and then you know just like, man if i just would have stuck with it man you know you always hear that if 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 and you know um you just you know, it comes, it comes down to, you know, just how bad do you really want it, man? And are you willing to just sacrifice everything to go in, to go and get it, you know? Um, and I, and I did that and it's a constant reminder for me because, you know, like I said, I, I gave up a very, a very good paying job with insurance. I had a family at a time, you know, I, you know, got my daughter and everything to take care of and I'm, and I'm like, man, so that it pushes me to just be like, man, it doesn't matter how bad it's going to get. As long as I keep working and keep working and going forward, man, things are going to happen. But if you stop, take a break, get down on yourself, what was me kind of thing. Um, yeah, man, expect for it to just really not pan out the way you want it to. You know? Yeah, uh, we have an episode number th- uh, six with uh, Bernardo Farias obsessed for success he's saying how obsessed he was with studying and doing everything he's just like man I, and now he's obsessed with his business, business you know he stopped yeah. competing so said man i'm just obsessed i'm reading i'm soaking everything i can you know so if you want again comes the expectations do you want to be decent good great or among the best mm-hmm. and then if you want to be among the best be ready buddy because you have to be obsessed because yeah. it's not going to happen. Because people still have the connotation, like a wrong, like, oh, no, obsessed is a bad thing. It depends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's why, that's why I said I think a lot of people, the, most, the average person can't relate to us because of the things that we say like that. We're crazy. And you're going to be crazy. You're going to be talked about like you're crazy. Like I said, people talk about me behind my back. Like I'm Not just saying, but that. executing though. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, you know, because your, your mind is just always working, you know, and the people when they have a regular job, when they clock out, man, they're clocked out. Like they're not thinking about that until the next time when they come in the next day, we're always working, man, in our mind. Like it, it's, it's just always trying to get, um, you know, to get better into that next level. So yeah, the obsession of, of just trying to, of trying to win every day, you know, I was told that one time too, you know, it's like every day you either at the end of the day, you either won or lost. So when you put your head on the pillow at the end of the day, what did you do that day? Did you, did you get things done like you're supposed to, do you go in the win column 
Or did you just lay around, be a bum, be lazy, didn't really just let your emotions get to you, your feelings get to you, didn't get things done. Then you go in the L column, you know, and guys like us, man, I don't like to lose. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to win. So I try my best not to go in the L column. You know what I mean? And I use that a lot, like with my students and stuff like that. You know, I don't want to be a loser of any sort. You know, I don't like losing periods. So winning in all kinds of different aspects and using that is, is driving me, you know, at the end of the day, how did I get, you know, did I win today or did I lose? You know, but the important thing is when you do find something in the L column, you're going to analyze that, why mm -hmm. that happened. Yeah. Why that L happened. Cause I'm going to do whatever I can to minimize the chance. I cannot, you don't have control that the thing's yeah. going to ever happen again, but you're going to be like, what do I have to do to improve my awareness? So this, so at least your odds are better. Minimize the chance of ever happening again. You know, mm -hmm. so very important to always take responsibility. And even, you know, sometimes I've done it plenty of times. I've done from my students when maybe someone, maybe the referee did make a mistake. Let's say he did make a mistake. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's a bad decision or, or a judgment. We got to think about, okay, it wasn't fair. Absolutely. But why was his, you know, your opponent? And, you know, in your side mount and he held for two seconds and the ref gave, okay, I got it. It wasn't points, but why did he get there? He shouldn't even be on that side. Let's move back and see what happens. So, so you minimize the chance or giving the ref the chance to mess up. So mm -hmm. you, we can't control the outcome, but we can influence the outcome. How being obsessed and training, dedicating yourself. And that's how I believe that the results going to show up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So what is a book that has made a big impact on you, maybe in different times of your life and that you'd recommend and why? Um, I, I have the, I think I have a couple copies of the, the Think and Grow Rich that was introduced to me um, a while back. I even bought some for Danielle, my daughter. Um, you know, she doesn't really, you know, it's just one of those things, man. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Absolutely, you know, I got and, you, man. Um, man, you can hand out books to people yeah. and give them advice, man. And I try, trust me, it, man. It's I try. There, you know, success habits of you know whatever you know Stephen Covey, you know whatever, and yeah, man. But that book there, man, it has like the perfect outline. It talks about the mastermind. It talks about the brain obsession. It talks about you know a lot of things. And um, so I think I have one here in my book bag. I know for sure one. I'm pointing at my the front desk up there. Yeah. There's one in there and there's one at home in my garage where I have all my other books at. But um, I just think it's a, it's a small book. You know, it's not something really massive, something that you can carry with you. Um, but it's definitely has a lot of great information that kind of opened my mind to a, to a lot of things, you know, Man, for sure. If, if I, I always mention this, if, if I could go back and talk with a Gustavo when he was 16 and he made a decision, you know what? I want to pursue jujitsu and I could have a little talk with him. I don't regret it in the same way you do. Nothing I've done. It's mm -hmm. part of the journey. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, yeah. I learned from it. I don't regret anything. But just looking back and see what kind of advice that I give to my son, I give to, to him. He's 18. And uh, I mentioned to him, go read, grab a mm -hmm. book, start reading, listen to audiobooks, whatever. Just start reading, man. You yeah. know, that would save so much time <laughs> mm -hmm. for me in so, you know, so many different ways. And then eventually, like I said, exploring to other things and, you know, mm -hmm. going to possible seminars or whatever. But start with reading just yeah. 10 pages a day. That's all. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. and that would make such a, a different, you know, because things that I was reading, you know, that we still do. And then you're like, wow, that would be so interesting if I knew that when I was 18. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's like a, yeah, exactly. It's like a technique that you wish you had at the last tournament that you didn't know. You know, I went to, to Bruno, Coach Bruno taught a seminar the other day at, uh, at Stories Academy and he showed this deep half uh, escape and I was like man I could have used that last year at the Europeans mm -hmm. man you know what I mean and you know but you you, you got to show up you know I showed up paid for the seminar and you know spent the three hours or whatever or two hours that was there and then you know but you got to dedicate your time I got a technique that okay, yeah I was like a year late but I have it now you know what yeah. I mean and, and I'm gonna carry it with me and the same thing with this uh now they have audio books man I mean I don't remember them having audio books back then okay man. I mean, just go to your phone man plug stuff in and just drive around, listen to it. Um, you know, I don't even really listen to the radio anymore. You know, I love music. I love all kinds of different music, but man, throughout the day, um, you know, even when we train, it's all Les Brown, Eric Thomas, you know, it's, it's, that's what's playing while we're training, you know, because I was introduced to uh, affirmations a long time ago by uh, my first instructor, uh, Mr. Waugh. And, um, you know, you would, uh, he would have the uh, message of the week when you come in in the building all the time. And I don't know how many times I just walk past that message of the week every week. Oh, that's cool. Go train. I just want to go train, you know, then one day, whatever I was going through, the, whatever he wrote that day, I, can't, I really can't remember the message, but it, it, it resonated with whatever was happening in my life at the time. And I remember walking past it and then coming back and I was like, hmm, you know what? I'm going to come back and read that after class again. And then that was like a spark for like the, uh, the affirmation motivational stuff. So for years you had to go and get books and read it. Oh, man, it's all over YouTube now, man. I mean, Les Brown, Eric Thomas, at least for me, those who I, I connect to. And, um, uh, you know, there's all kind of different mixes on YouTube or whatever. And man, that's what I, when I clean the house, when I wake up in the morning, like, that's what I'm listening to. Like I start the day with those kinds of things to get my mind primed and ready for the rest of the day compared to like watching the news or I don't know, whatever. Uh, while I'm driving, um, driving around, I'm listening to that stuff or just other business stuff. Um, so there's things you can listen to, 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 to make up the time for, if you don't have time to sit down and actually read, there's just a lot of different ways to just listen to great things out there, you know, and feed your mind with just stuff that's going to help you do what you're trying to do, you know? So absolutely. I, just, yeah. I relate because I do all that too. Yeah. So getting close to the end of the interview. So what are you currently excited about? What's going on? How is your school going? Well, the school's going great. Um, you know, I think we're at a really good point with the school. It's, you know, about 200 and it, we were kind of floating between 220, 230 students, you know, um, got a great kids program, teens, adults, um, you know, um, of course this time of the year, you know, the Dallas opens coming up. So trying to get the team ready for that. Um, just, you know, constantly just trying to, you know, we got a lot of new students already. Some month of January already came through. So we got the new students, man, introducing them to the jiu-jitsu lifestyle and, uh, you know, for me, the biggest part for me is, is, um, I'm just always excited to help people change their life with like the way they eat, you know, at least for me through jujitsu, it's about, um, helping people, uh, 
improve their health because, you know, just too many people I know are diabetics and, um, you know, they have poor health. They're, you know, have family members that passed away too early. And, um, you know, I just, you know, for me right now, I'm just kind of focused on just, you know, helping my students, man, just improve their health and their lifestyle through, through jujitsu. You know, I always tell everyone, man, it's not just chokes and arm bars and stuff like that. It's just, it's a great way to just, you know, to help you live longer, you know? So, um, you know, and then trying to find the next competition, you know, trying to get back into that, you know, accomplish a lot of things. It's just trying to find that next thing that's going to kind of push me to that other level, you know? So, um, really that's about it, you know, as far as, you know, what we're doing this year, you know, so far. And Danny, how they can just a final message for the entrepreneurs out there and how they can learn more about you or Alvarez BJJ. Um, well, pretty much all the social media sites are, um, are that Alvarez BJJ, you know, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, of course, Alvarez Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is on the, on the business, uh, Facebook, you know, we go live every day. You know, I like to show, you know, my students rolling and, and putting in the work. Um, you know, uh, that's pretty much it. It's pretty easy to, to reach out and, and, um, and send me a message or just, you know, send me a, an email, you know, alvarezbaj at, uh, at Gmail is probably the best way to, to, to get a hold of me, you know, or, or just kind of watch and kind of just follow what we're, you know, what we're, what we're doing, you know, pretty simple. Just try to make it easy for everyone. And a message it. for the entrepreneurs out there who are, they're, they're in their grind. They're starting. So what do you have a message for them? Oh man, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta just stay on it. I mean, just every day has got to be like that. You know, there's really, uh, you know, there's really no rest day. I mean, for sure, you got to try to balance some things out and spend time with your family and stuff like that, you know, but um, man, you know, it's just, to me, I guess, like you said, it just depends on where you want to be. You know, you want to be good. Then if you're happy with good, then, you know, then awesome. You know, if you want to be great, you could be that too. But, you know, for me, it's just always been on a, on a bigger scale than that. And I just, I didn't quit my job to just be okay, you know, or to just be average. Um, at the end of the day, when this thing is all said and done and I'm no longer here, man, I want people to be like, man, that guy just was relentless with everything that he did with his business and his competitions and what he left behind his accomplishments. Um, how, how many people he helped. I mean, that's how I want to be remembered, man. So you can be remembered however you want to be remembered. You can be remembered as, uh, you know, lazy, undisciplined, unfocused, um, quitter, or you can be remembered, man, as someone that just, you know, leaves some good things behind. And, uh, but in order to do that, you actually got to put in a, a you got to outwork everyone else, man. You got to be willing to be like, man, you know, in order to beat me in anything, um, you just got to, man, you're going to have a lot of, you got a lot of work to do, you know, you got a lot of stuff to, to catch up on, you know. So my legacy I'm trying to leave behind is just something where if anybody wanted to follow in my footsteps, whether it's competition or the business, you know, man, they got a lot of work to do. You know, it's not yes, going to be sir. easy to catch up. You know what I mean? So um, that's beautiful. It. I appreciate your time, Danny. Thank you so much. Congratulations. I've been, I haven't been, I think, at the new building. I've been, oh, yeah. I've been there since 2015, right? 
the, to this new uh, location? Yeah, yeah, because we're in November. It will be the the fourth the fourth year here at this one. So yeah, I'd love to to have you you know come show you what we what we did here, man. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's pretty awesome stuff. Awesome, great. Yeah. So thank you so much, Danny, and for all the listeners, stick around for my final thoughts. Who's All right, thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Let me share with you my final thoughts from the interview with Danny Alvarez. For those who are listening just to the final thoughts, Daniel is a third degree black belt from Bruno Bastos. He is a three-time IBJJF Master World Champion, four-time Nogi Master World Champion, and currently in 2019, he is the number one Master 3 black belt pound for pound in the IBJJF rankings. In 2007, he started teaching four to five students in his garage while working at General Motors. By 2018, he decided that he couldn't take the corporate world anymore and left everything behind to pursue his passion. And currently, in 2019, Alvarez BJJ's facility in Arlington, Texas is over 15,000 square feet. I have a lot of respect for Danny. He is a grinder. I hope you were able to grab at least one good takeaway from the interview. Danny talked about the never quit mentality, the importance of investing in yourself, time and or money. And my main takeaway from the conversation was when I asked him about a piece of advice that he would give to his younger self when he started teaching jujitsu and he said, surround yourself with like-minded people. Since we're talking about entrepreneurship, look for people who are doing similar things to you. And even better for these people are ahead of you in the entrepreneurial game. Personal associations have been a common theme in the final thoughts, and I hope it doesn't sound repetitive, especially to you who have listened to all 40 episodes. Congratulations on your commitment to investing time on yourself. If you're new to the podcast, after every interview, I research on Google my main takeaway, then I create the content and deliver to you. I was researching online and came across a video from the marketing expert and aggressive entrepreneur, Ty Lopez. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him or not, but he's the guy who made the videos. Hey, I'm here in my backyard in Beverly Hills. These are my cars. He wanted people's attention and he got it. He's a great marketer and has great content. However, I don't like much his style, but I understand why he does it. Don't get me wrong. I think he has great content, which I will continue to check out once in a while. If you'd like to check him out and decide for yourself, visit www tylopez.com his youtube video started really well until around 90 seconds in when he decided to show the whole mansion as he was talking and eventually i couldn't take it anymore and i stopped watching anyway the point of the video was the three success rules to become a badass that is the word ty used i interpret the meaning of badass in this context as someone who hustled paid the price and now lives a fulfilling life he or she desires he said, rule number one, surround yourself with badasses. Number two, surround yourself with people who are on their way to become badasses. I like that he said, quote, they're not there yet, but you can see the twinkle in the eyes, unquote. Now, he says that these two only work if you follow the third rule, which is be a badass yourself. Sounds great to hang out with badasses, but if you're not consistently facing your fears, taking risks, putting yourself out there, learning and growing from all your experience and moving on, 
it's going to be a long road until you become a badass in this context. I'm not saying that you won't, but sure, it will take a lot longer. One thing that Ty shared was that this process, this change, can be harsh at times. Basically, he explained the late motivational speaker Jim Rohn's concept of the power of the association, which I have shared with you in a few previous episodes. As a refresher, here it goes. Jim Rohn shares three options on how to handle your associations. Number one, delete. That is why Ty said that it can be harsh at times because when you start working on your personal development, with time, you're going to change some of your beliefs. Next thing, you're not on the same page and people can end up growing apart, which includes friends, relatives, co-workers. If you have a relationship that clearly you two are not on the same page, you already have expressed whatever concern you have and the person refuses to change their point of view, mainly because of ego, delete. But you can say, Gustavo, it's my mom or my dad. I can cut them out. Definitely, this is the most delicate scenario and very personal. That is why the second option is great for family. Number two, minimize. Minimize the time you spend with the association. Jim Rome used to say, quote, Some people are okay to spend a few minutes with it, not a few hours. Some people are okay for a few hours, not for a few days, unquote. You know exactly who I'm talking about. Number three, expand which means expand your associations if you're going to expand associations anyway why not look for like-minded people i'm going to share with you a personal story that i must have told maybe twice before so i apologize if i sounded repetitive to you again who listened to all 40 episodes in the episode zero when i share my background and mission of the podcast i added some new details though let me ask you this. Has anyone ever asked you the question, hey, have you ever thought about being a blank? It could be, have you ever thought about being a business owner or a teacher or working with kids? If so, did you actually put some thought to it or you just brush it off? Well, 11 years ago, I was in a Christmas party of an entrepreneur friend of mine when I met Norm, a big time entrepreneur. He was asking about my background and at the end he said, have you ever thought about being a motivational speaker? I looked confused at him, I said, why? He said, are you kidding me? If you, an immigrant, came here with nothing and did it, why can't any born and raised American be able to pursue their dreams and accomplish as well? I said, that is a good point. I never thought about that. <laughs> Let's say my awareness level was very low in those days as well as my emotional intelligence levels. That year, I was probably reading my first personal development book. Finally, 2010, I was introduced to emotional intelligence when I started to study mental skills training. After two years of competing and testing my new knowledge in competitions and becoming a certified mental coach, I started to share what I learned with my students who were struggling with performances and they started to enhance their performances. On December 1st and 2nd of 2012, I was promoting the Nova Union Expo. The event included a tournament for the Nova Union affiliate schools and a super seminar with Vitor Shaolin, Hobson Mora, both previous guests on the podcast, Bruno Henrique Bastos, and Renato Charuto. Since I was teaching some mental skills training classes at the academy, I reflected on what Norm had asked me, I never forgot that. Have you ever thought about being a motivational speaker? 
I thought about it and I said to myself, I want to help Jiu-Jitsu practitioners to discover what is holding them back from being their best selves in Jiu-Jitsu and life. I guess this is motivational speaking. I decided to book a meeting room at the Hilton on Friday, November 30th to teach my first professional mental coaching seminar and turn into a three-day event. One month to the event, I googled public speaking and Toastmasters.org came up. Toastmasters is a public speaking club, very affordable and a great opportunity to practice and to put your foot in the water before swimming. I'm not sure if you believe in the law of attraction from the book The Secret or not, but some coincidences that happen in your life are very interesting. Two days after I Googled public speaking, I was doing a belt promotion speech and one of my students, Robbie Stahl, asked me, have you ever heard of Toastmaster? I said, yes, as a matter of fact, I have. And he said, my longtime friend and client Joe Weldon is in the Hall of Fame of public speaking. He's 70 years old. He's the mentor of the Toastmasters that I go to, and he coaches people. You should meet him. Do you remember the message of the day? Surround yourself with like-minded people. I didn't know anyone in public speaking. I only knew jiu-jitsu people. I decided to meet him. He blew my mind, and I learned that public speaking is a skill, and I was a white belt with no stripes. I worked my butt off the presentation for 80 attendees went great, and my relationship with Joe grew. In September of 2013, he invited me to go with him to the NSA, the National Speaker Association, an organization that he was one of the trailblazers. Listen to what he said at the NSA meeting, quote, Gustavo, like in any other field, there are the wannabes and the real deals. I'm going to introduce you only to five or six people, only the real deal, all Hall of Fame speakers, unquote, which means badasses. They were announced in the very first NSA Public Speaking Academy. All the speakers told me, I wish we had this type of classes and knowledge available in the 60s and 70s. I signed up at the spot, graduated in 10 months, and met my wife, Carissa Dantes, in class, and we have been together ever since. I always like to make it clear to you that I'm not trying to impress you with my accomplishments. It's just to convey to you that when you decide to expand your associations, to surround yourself with like-minded people and you invest in yourself incredible opportunities to become a badass can present itself to you. It's up to you to take it. In 2012, I paid $1,500 for four hours of coaching. He was so impressed with my commitment to the program that he gave me eight hours. Basically, I was desperate because I realized that I didn't know anything and the presentation was three weeks away. Then I paid for four more hours and he gave me eight more hours. Nowadays, his fee is $10,000 for eight hours and he coaches some of the best speakers in the business, Brian Tracy, Bedros Kulian, and Joe Polish. Imagine if I had said no to that opportunity. I became his assistant. I still travel with him to conventions, got involved with the masterminds, took my business to another level, all because of the decision of expanding my association recognizing a great opportunity in making this investment. Now, what about you? Are you ready to surround yourself or surround yourself even more with like-minded people, with badasses or people on their way to becoming badasses? Delete toxic people or at least minimize the time you spend with them and expand your associations. Just keep one thing in mind. Like Ty said, 
These two rules to success only work if you follow the third one. Be a badass yourself. Consistently face your fears. Take risks. Put yourself out there. Learn and grow from all your experiences in your on your way to achieve the success you desire. Pose. We're glad you were able to join us for this episode of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast. But the lesson doesn't end here. Watch the videos and download the audio of the 10 mental mistakes BJJ competitors make and how to avoid them for free when you subscribe to the BJJMentalCoach.com. Don't miss the chance to find out what might be holding you back from being your best self on and off the mat. That's the BJJMentalCoach.com.